How were your wedges? They were they were delicious. Thank were they wedgy? Yeah, they were wedgy. They were nice and wedgy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, you're a good guy. You're a stand-up fella. <gasps> episode of Beer and Fear. My name is Zach. Oh, my name is Paige. That's right. 65th? Good good thing you remembered. 65. This episode is on isolation. I didn't know what to pick. I was looking through our topic list and um, I wanted to do one, a different one first. Couldn't find a beer on it. Saw this topic. I punched in the name of the topic. Boom, there's a beer right away. So I'm excited. The beer I'm looking forward to. And uh, hopefully some interesting information on isolation and isolated people. Was your week isolated, Paige? Did you feel isolated throughout your week? You have to check your watch. Maybe it's dead. It's not. Um, I just worked. Saw my parents. Same old, same old. Nothing new. You finished your marathon. Oh, yeah, we finished the Avengers Marathon, yeah. I watched uh, WandaVision. I still haven't seen that. Oh, I actually liked it. It was different. Yeah, I bet I'd like it, too. It was on at work for, like, 30 minutes, and I kept glancing up at the TV, and it looked really cool. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. <clears throat> how many movies total? I think 22. Gosh, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take? That doesn't even count the new movies. And Black Widow wasn't in the chronological order of oh, yeah. the Avengers timeline, so... There's still Black Widow, there's still Shang-Chi, there's still Eternals. Yeah, they're coming out with like three every year now. Well, there's a bunch of them that are set to come out. There's the new Guardians of the Galaxy. They're still making those? Yeah. There's the new Doctor Strange movie. There's the new Ant-Man movie. There's a Captain America 4 that's scheduled to come out with um, Anthony Mackie as the new Captain America. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot coming They're out. They're milking these franchises to death. Well, there's a lot of comics. Hmm. And How I long guess did it take you? I would say if they kept doing the same thing over and over again, it would be milking it to death. Mm-hmm. But at least they're retiring. You mean like Spider-Man? Yeah. Maybe just stop there. Or Batman? Yeah. Yeah, DC's not doing too good there. Their movies are never good. No offense to any DC fans out there, but Jesus Christ, can you stop beating a dead horse? I saw the trailer for the new Batman movie. How many times is there going to be a fucking Batman? It looks okay, but it's like, oh yeah, I've seen this like four times already. Look, Cedric Diggory made his decision to be fucking Edward Cullen, so I don't have respect for him anymore. I can't look at Batman. I can't look at Edward Cullen as Batman. Mm-mm. That is ridiculous. To be fair, I couldn't look as look at Ben Affleck as Batman or Christian Bale as Batman. Christian Bale wasn't bad. Batman to me is Michael Keaton. Also, I really don't like the Joker. Actually, to be specific, I don't like Joker fans. Just like I don't like Deadpool fans. Or Harley Quinn fans. Yeah. I liked Heath Ledger, obviously. Exceptional performance in The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And then um, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. 
as the Joker. I still Pretty haven't good. seen that. Pretty good. How's your week? Moving on. What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Well, you're not prepared at all. Oh, God, I'm not. No. Help. What time is it? Someone help. I'm setting a timer. <laughs> Stop it. Mm. Timer. 30 minutes. That's when we need to be done. It's a short episode. <laughs> I worked. I worked a lot. Oh, I saw Dune, finally, in theaters. Ollie convinced uh, me to go check it out, because she really wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. I had never read the book. Uh, I saw the trailers for it a couple months ago. It looked pretty cool, and we watched it, and it was excellent. And it's part one of four, apparently. That's crazy. It reminded me of the Hobbit movies. I don't know why they needed to do one Hobbit book into three Hobbit movies, but they're doing one Hobbit or one Dune book into four movies, and the first one seemed a little rushed, even though I never read the book, but it was good. Other than that, no other highlights that I can think of. A lot of planning for Christmas. Yeah, I'm rushing. The beer this week Mm -hmm. is from Odell Brewing Company. Odell. Odell. It's a new one. Not Odell. No, I don't think she makes beers. There's a lot on the story page on their website, so I'll touch on a little bit. It was founded in 1989. Odell Brewing was started by Doug Odell, his wife, Wynne, and his sister, Corky. Over 30 years later, the culture of family and collaboration still thrives, fostering a brewery full of beer-centric people. It is this passion for beer that inspires Odell Brewing to create quality, handcrafted, innovative brews. They talk about... Innovation, independence, quality, and evergreen, and how those play into what they do and how they do it. Uh, apparently, evergreen uh, refers to the evergreen philosophy. They talk about it on their website. Check it out. Yeah, can I talk about it? <laughs> I didn't cover it. Oh, um, wow. I said I would touch on a little bit. We take great pride in the pioneering advances we've made in developing innovative beer styles and brewing techniques. From the intensive study of hopping techniques to the comprehensive analysis of historic beer styles, we've identified the optimal assemblage of beer characteristics in each of our handcrafted brands. All of our packaged beer is brewed on our 135-barrel custom Brauken Brewhouse. However, many of these packaged beers started as just an idea on our five-barrel pilot system. Experimentation and innovation is at the heart of how we brew. Everyone at the brewery is invited to brew a beer on our pilot system and share it with the locals at our tap rooms. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. They also had a timeline on their page that talks about how the venture began in the late 1970s, um, home brewing in the 1980s, opening the brewery in 89, and what they're doing today. They seem like really cool guys and gals. Our beer is called Isolation Ale. Well, that is on topic perfectly. Fits just fine. A funny thing happens here around summer's end. Our eyes start searching the skies for those first fall flakes. As we welcome autumn's first snow, we celebrate the return of Isolation Ale, a sweet caramel malty ale balanced by a subtle crisp hop finish. Whether you ski, shred, or shoe, it'll inspire you to make first tracks. Or shoe? Yeah, if you just shoe around. Shoe, shoe. Mm-hmm. It's made with pale, bonlander, crystal, and nugget hops, a special house yeast strain, roasted and caramel malts, and fresh northern Rocky Mountain water from Cache La Poudre River. <coughs> Poudre. Aroma is described as roasty as a roasty sweetness. Flavor is caramel biscuit and molasses with a crisp hop finish. It's available October through December, and it pairs with cozy fireside conversations. 
But it doesn't pair with a food? Not according to their website. They didn't pair it with a food. They paired it with cozy fireside conversations. I want to know if they actually had a cozy fireside conversation and tested that. This is a winter warmer. It's the style of the beer. A winter warmer. Yeah, fire crackles. It's a winter warmer. We've never had a winter warmer before. Uh, it's the first time we're trying this style. These are often compared to barley wine ales, but they differ slightly. Maybe not as intense as a barley wine. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia lists this uh, style under their old ale article. Craftbeer.com describes English-style old ales as a distinctive quality of these ales is that their yeast undergoes an aging process, often for years, in bulk storage or through bottle conditioning, which contributes to a rich, wine-like, and often sweet oxidation character. Old ales are copper-red to very dark in color. Complex estuary character may emerge. Beer Advocate also has a winter warmer category. These multi-sweet offerings tend to be a favorite winter seasonal. A big malt presence, both in flavor and body, leads the way. The color of this style ranges from brownish reds to nearly pitch black. Hop bitterness is generally low and balanced, but hop character can be pronounced in the aroma. Alcohol warmth is not uncommon. Many English versions contain no spices, though some brewers of spiced seasonal ales will slap winter warmer on the label. Those that are spiced tend to follow the wassail tradition of blending robust ales with some combination of cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and the like before hops became the chief spice in beer. American varieties may have a larger presence of hops, both in bitterness and flavor. And then Wikipedia uh, has a little section about winter warmers also. A winter warmer is a traditional multi-sweet strong ale that is brewed in the winter months. It's usually quite dark, but not as dark as stout, with a big malt presence. Sometimes winter warmers have a few spices, especially in the United States, although spices are not a required ingredient in a winter warmer. The primary characteristic is strength. The average alcohol content by volume ranges from 6 to 8% ABV, and some winter warmers reach 10% ABV or more. Christmas beer is another type of winter warmer, similarly strong in alcohol content and usually spiced. The UK is most commonly associated with the term winter warmer, whereas the United States mostly refers to them as Christmas or holiday beers. So, Isolation Ale, this winter warmer, has an ABV of 6.0%, 29 IBU, and it has a beer advocate score of 88. Very good. It's ranked number 13 in winter warmers. So it's up there. There's probably not that many winter warmers. Um, maybe not too many. Um, 13,746 overall, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. And an average rating of 3.93 out of 877 ratings. So it's, I looked up an article. For a second, I was like 3.93 on a scale of 800. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, didn't uh, get good marks. 3.93 out of 877 cumulative Ratings, but I was reading an article on winter warmers, and this was one of the suggested ones that they talked about in this beer style. So I'm gonna go grab it. Hopefully, it's cold. Okay, be careful it doesn't explode when you open it. It's been in the freezer for a little bit. That is cold. It's cold, it's been in the freezer, and uh, I don't know how much I shook these up when I was moving them. Isolation Ale, Odell Brewing Company. Here in Colorado, summer's barely over before I start searching for those first fall flakes. And for the return of Isolation Ale, a smooth caramel malty ale balanced by a subtly crisp hop finish. Fort Collins, Colorado. It is nice and cold. It's, yeah. That was a good trick. All right, be very careful. I like the can. It's so purple. It's pretty. I'm going to wait for you to open yours. Oh, it's fine. 
I'm gonna give it a whiff. Smells good. So, so it smells a little spicy. It's a little cold, so I can't smell much of anything. Ooh. Pretty. Picture. Taking the fireplace with me. Oh, okay. Weird to have a portable fireplace. My uh, head went away very quickly. It had a kind of like a tan hue to it also, <laughs> the head of the beer. It's very reddish. Yeah, dark amber red. <laughs> dark, but not too dark. I like the smell. Ooh. It smells like an ale. It smells dis- Smells like a red ale. Oh, what is going on in that? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't mind that. It's got a little bit of a hop bite in the swallow, but that is it. That is just smooth and tasty. Some, yeah, spices. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what. No. But it's uh, it's spicy. Hey, this isn't called beer and fear. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> we supposed to know shit about beers. Plus, it's nice and cold. Yeah. Sweetness from the malt. A pickup, for sure. Ooh, the burp tastes good. I haven't gotten a burp yet. I'm going to get there. Caramel, yeah. Sweet. Spicy. Um, it's just a warm flavored, a warm mix of warm. I don't know what I'm trying to say. This would be excellent if that fireplace was real. I agree. Because it's just the, oh, it's nice and cozy. That's what I mean. It's a cozy beer. Easy to drink, very smooth and velvety on the tongue. The head is one millimeter. Did you hear that burp? I did. That was <laughs> quite the burp. Like a dinosaur. Stumps. It's a little stumpy. This is easy as hell to drink. Yeah. And that is dangerous. The The burp is pleasant. Like some, some woody notes in there. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're bullshitting now. Pulling shit out of your ass. I'm detecting a taste of beer. What did you say its ABV was? Six. Oh. That's it. Not too strong. It's it's really, you don't taste much of the, it's not boozy Mm-mm. at all. Very subtle. Uh, it reminds me of, do you remember the um, the dark wheat ale? Or the dark, uh, what was it? It was for the Boogeyman episode. Boogie Nights? The American Dark Wheat Beer for episode mm-hmm. 21. What was it called? Uh, Boogie Nights, mm. yep, from uh, Mars. Yeah, I didn't like it. We got, yeah, no, you weren't a fan of that. You gotta have, we gotta have another Mars beer. But it kind of reminds me of that. I know it's different, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's not weedy either. I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm making a, a comparison know. to that. But we haven't had many dark beers that aren't stouts, and this is definitely one of the good ones. Or uh, what was that fall beer? It wasn't a pumpkin beer, but it was. We were like, oh, I'm glad we're trying this because it's not a pumpkin beer for the fall. And most of the fall beers are pumpkin beers. Do you remember that? Uh, I thought I said that about not far from the tree. No, that was a Kolsch. I thought it was, um, oh, the sweet potato one. Sweet potato ale. American wheat ale. Yeah, that one's good, too. Mm. Isolation. Is the near or complete lack of social contact by an individual? Before we get into that, just a few honorable mentions. <laughs> Isolation can also refer to as term for uh, health care, which are various measures taken to prevent contagious diseases from being spread. 
such as an isolation ward. Mm-hmm. And there is the real root isolation in mathematics. If my Never learned that one. It's a, what is it? <laughs> what is it? Real root isolation of a polynomial consists of producing disjoint intervals of the real line with which contain each of one and only one real root of the polynomial. Oh, of course. <laughs> I forget about that one. There's electrical or galvanic isolation, isolating functional sections of electrical systems to prevent current flowing between them. Okay. An isolated system, a system without any external charge. Sure. Reproductive isolation in population genetics prevents members of two different species from producing offspring if they cross or mate. Rude. Let 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 them fuck, okay? Let let an elephant and a pigeon have a baby. Yeah. Elephigen. There's several things that I guess I could go over for isolation. So I have a couple. I'm so tired. We're here to mainly, I think, discuss the human aspect. I know. I've got a few things that are human related. Perfect. Let's hear them. There's social isolation. It's a state of complete or near complete lack of contact between an individual and society. It differs from loneliness, which reflects temporary and involuntary lack of contact with other humans in the world. Social isolation can be an issue for individuals of any age, though symptoms may differ by age group. Social isolation has a similar care, has similar characteristics in both temporary instances and for those with a historical lifelong isolation cycle. All types of socialization isolation social isolation can include staying home for lengthy periods of time, having no communication with family, acquaintances or friends, and are willfully avoiding any contact with other humans when those opportunities do arise. True, social isolation over years and decades can be a chronic condition affecting all aspects of a person's existence. Mm -hmm. Social isolation can lead to feelings of loneliness, fear of others, or negative self-esteem. Lack of consistent human contact can also cause conflict with the uh, friends. The TV show Friends? The socially isolated person may occasionally talk to or cause problems with family members. The magnitude of risk associated with social isolation is comparable with that of cigarette smoke, cigarette smoking, and other major biomedical and psychological risk factors. Hmm. Isn't that weird? That's interesting. Isn't that weird? That's weird. In the case of mood-related isolation, the individual may isolate during a depressive episode, me, only the surface when their mood improves. God, how dare you call me out. The individual may attempt to justify their reclusive or isolating behavior as enjoyable or comfortable. It is not. There can be an inner realization on the part of the individual that there is something wrong with their isolating responses, which can lead to heightened anxiety. Relations can, relationships can be a struggle as the individual may reconnect with others during a healthier mood, only to return to an isolated state during a subsequent low or depressed period. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's the von Restorff effect, which is also known as the isolation effect. It predicts that when multiple homogeneous stimuli... Homogeneous. <laughs> think. Homogeneous. <laughs> homogeneous. Homogeneous stimuli are presented. The stimulus that differs from the rest is more likely to be remembered. Mm-hmm. The theory was coined by German psychiatrist and pediatrician Hedwig... Hedwig? The owl. Von Restorff, 
1933 study, found that when participants were presented with a list of categorically similar items with one distinctive isolated item on the list, memory for the item was improved. Makes sense to me. The study utilized the isolation paradigm, which refers to a distinctive feature of an item in a list that differs from the others by a way of dimension. Such distinctiveness leading to the von Restorff effect can be generated from changing the meaningfulness or physical nature of the stimulus in some way, such as in size, shape, color, spacing, and underlining. An example, if a person examines a shopping list with one item highlighted in bright green, he or she will be more likely to remember the highlighted item than any of the others. Mm -hmm. Additionally, in the following list of words, desk, chair, bed, table, chipmunk, dresser, stool, couch, Chipmunk will be remembered the most as it stands out against the other words in its meaning. I was just about to give an example. Like red, blue, orange, dog, black, gray. Ah, I remember. Orange. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Orange. That's right. (laughs) Emotional isolation is a state of isolation where one may have a well-functioning social network, but still feels emotionally separated from others. Mm. Population-based research indicates that one in five middle-aged and elderly men, 50 to 80 years old, in Sweden are emotionally isolated, defined as having no one in whom one can confide. That's sad. Of those who do have someone in whom they can confide, eight out of ten confide only in their partner. People who Mm. have no one in whom they can confide are less likely to feel alert and strong, calm, energetic, and happy. Instead, they are more likely to feel depressed, sad, tired, and worn out. Many people suffering from this kind of isolation have strong social networks, but lack a significant bond with their friends. While they can build superficial friendships, they are often not able to confide in many people. People who are isolated emotionally usually feel lonely and unable to relate to others. Emotional isolation can occur as a result of social isolation or when a person lacks any close confidant or intimate partner. Even though social relationships are necessary for emotional well-being, they can trigger negative feelings and thoughts and emotional isolation can act as a defense mechanism to protect a person from emotional distress. When people are emotionally isolated, they keep their feelings completely to themselves, are unable to receive emotional support from others, feel shut down or numb, and are reluctant or unwilling to communicate with others. Wow, this really hits the nail on the head for me. Except for perhaps for the most superficial matters. Emotional isolation can occur within an intimate relationship, particularly as a result of infidelity, abuse, or other trust issues. One or both partners may feel alone within the relationship rather than supported and filled. Mm -hmm. Identifying the source of the distress and working with a therapist to improve communication and rebuild trust can help couples reestablish their emotional bond. Therapy always helps people. Go to therapy. Yeah. But find a therapist that works for you. Yeah, exactly. Find someone that you work with. Yeah, look around. Cassiopo? Cacciopo. Cacciopo. Cappuccino. Cacciopo. And his team have found that the brains of lonely people react differently than those with strong social networks. The University of Chicago researchers showed lonely and non-lonely subjects photographs of people in both pleasant settings and unpleasant settings. When viewing the pleasant pictures, non-lonely subjects showed much more activity in a section of the brain known as the ventral striatum? Striatum? I don't know. Then the lonely subjects. The ventral 
striatum, striatum, stratalum. Stratalum. Plays an important role in learning. It is also part of the brain's reward center and can be stimulated by rewards like food and love. What is this, Pavlov? Can I fucking ring a bell and teach me to drool on command? Mm -hmm. The lonely subjects displayed far less activity in this region while viewing pleasant pictures. And they also had less brain activity when shown the unpleasant pictures. When non-lonely subjects viewed the unpleasant pictures, they demonstrated activity in the temporal... Temp... Temporal parietal. Temporal parietal? Parietal. Parietal. Junction. An area of the brain associated with empathy. 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 Yeah, those words. The Th- lonely subjects had a lesser response. That makes sense. If you're more lonely, you just, all of your feelings are just numb. Hey, yeah. You don't feel much of anything. You're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Social withdrawal is avoiding people and activities one would usually enjoy. For some people, this can progress to a point of social isolation, where people may even want to avoid contact with family and close friends most of the time. They may want to be alone because they feel it is tiring or upsetting to be with other people. Sometimes a cycle can develop where the more time they spend alone, the less they feel like people understand them. When people withdraw themselves from social interaction, they tend to stay inside a set place, like a bedroom. Mm. And then isolation mm-hmm. is a defense mechanism in psychoanalytic theory, first proposed by Sigmund Freud, or Sigmund Freud. <laughs> While related to repression, the concept distinguishes itself in several ways. It is characterized as a mental process involving the creation of a gap between an unpleasant or threatening cognition or other thoughts and feelings by minimizing associative connections with other thoughts. The threatening cognition is remembered less often and is less likely to affect self-esteem or the self-concept. Freud has illustrated the concept with the example of a person beginning a train of thought running a train, and then pausing for a moment before continuing to a different subject. His theory stated that by inserting an an interval, the person was letting it be understood symbolically that he will not allow his thoughts about that impression or activity to come into associative contact with other thoughts. As a defense against harmful thoughts, isolation prevents the self from allowing these cognitions to become recurrent and possibly damaging to the self-concept. A wide range of studies supports the conclusion that people defend themselves against threats by mentally isolating them. Repressors have been shown to process information in a rushed, shallow, or minimal fashion. When presented with some negative information, they will often generate spontaneous happy thoughts or feelings, minimizing its impact. Depressed people process information much more thoroughly, whether it is good or bad. Mm -hmm. This high-level processing develops strong associative links with similar information. When a depressed person tries to avoid a damaging condition, they often think of some other negatively affecting thought. Evidence from human and animal studies show that isolation prompts sensitivity to social threats and motivates the renewal of social connections. One study showed that people were to remain satisfied with their performance in the face of negative feedback as long as they could keep the feedback isolated from performance standards. The researchers would present the standards either before the performance or after the performance but before the feedback, or after both the performance and the feedback. 
The people who received the standards early recalled them as well as the others, but simply ignored it. They managed to isolate their feedback from the standards, thereby minimizing the threat of their self-esteem. Those who received the standards later were less satisfied with their performance, unable to avoid their lack of success as compared to the norm. This form of isolation has been referred to as trivializing. Hmm. Another noteworthy type of isolation is referred to as temporal bracketing, in which some perceived failure or shortcoming is buried away in one's past, effectively removing its impact on the current self. This type of separation from the past can be seen in religious conversation, I'm sorry, conversion, or born-again experiences in certain drug addiction recovery programs. Interesting. And in the throwing away of delinquent files in the legal system. These socially accepted practices effectively make isolation socially permissible, at least in certain instances, and those behaviors seem to relive relieve. You got this. I am not okay. Relieve some of the stress from past events. People with so low self-esteem often use temporal bracketing when describing past failures. By isolating themselves from whatever misdeed they are bringing to, the, to cognition, they contend that it is, has nothing to do with their current state or relationships with people. Habitual repressors have been shown to have fewer unhappy memories than other people, but the difference rests in the secondary associations. Research of repressors concludes that they had equally strong negative reactions to bad memories. However, those memories did not evoke other negative feelings as much as they did for non-repressors. The phrase, architecture of less complex emotions, was created to describe this phenomenon. Phenomena. Phenomena. Repressors have bad memories just like anyone else, but are less troubled by them because they are relatively isolated in memory. The most current researchers have agreed that isolation is one of the more effective and important mechanisms of a defense from harmful cognitions. It is a coping mechanism that does not require delusions of reality. It's just... <laughs> it's a coping mechanism. Leave me alone! Reality. <laughs> You're mean. You uh, fucking I'm read it, I'm an then. asshole. Dickwad. Little Strap on, bitch. Butt munchkin. <laughs> it's a coping mechanism that does not require delusions of reality, which makes it more plausible than some alternatives denial, sublimation, projection, etc. Further research will be needed for accounts of isolation to be considered fully concrete. Concrep. Conquistador. Chili con carne. I'm so sleepy. It's only quarter to midnight. And it's a quarter mm. after midnight. I'm a little drunk and my band is racist. <laughs> Do you know the story behind that? I don't. Oh, God. Okay, so what's it called? Lady Antebellum. Mm -hmm. So the name is... Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aren't they just Lady A now? Yeah, but that doesn't really change anything. Kind of just shortened it, and everyone knows what it stands for still. <laughs> like, what did you change? <clears throat> nothing. You changed nothing! I think that's everything. That's everything. It's your turn. Man, you were reading a lot of that stuff, and it's like, damn. I felt that way a lot. Yeah, me too, brother. 
I feel like most people have felt some sort of isolation in their lives. To some degree. I feel it constantly. Whether it's loneliness, you know, just a mild form of loneliness, or just severe, uh, severe forms. I feel like most people have to go through that. And it's shitty. Unless you are this group of people I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about uh, some people who probably prefer to be isolated. I guess they're, they're isolated from society, but not necessarily amongst themselves. Uh, this group is called the Sentinelese. Mm-hmm. Sentinelese. The Sentinelese are the most isolated tribe in the world and have captured the imagination of millions. They live on their own small forested island called North Sentinel, which is approximately the size of Manhattan. They continue to resist all contact with outsiders attacking anyone who comes near. In November 2018, John Allen Chow... An American man was killed by members of the Sentinelese tribe. I think he, uh, if I remember right, he was... Um, he was a Bible thumper coming yes. to teach them about Christianity. Yes, he wanted to bring Christianity to this isolated tribe. Idiot. And was killed, unsurprisingly. In 2006, two Indian fishermen who had moored their boat near North Sentinel to sleep after poaching in the waters around the island were killed when their boat broke loose and drifted onto the shore. Poachers are known to fish illegally in the waters around the island, catching turtles and diving for lobsters and sea cucumbers. The tribe have made it clear that they do not want contact. I wonder how they made that clear. Well, I mean, every time anyone tries to approach them... It it could be the consistent murdering. Yeah, but also every time they like bring a drone or like a helicopter, they throw spears and stuff at them and rocks. It's a wise choice. Neighboring tribes were wiped out after the British colonized their islands, and they lack immunity to common diseases like flu or measles, which would decimate their population. Most of what is known about the Sentinelese have been gathered by viewing them from boats moored more than an arrow's distance from the shore, and a few brief periods where the Sentinelese allowed the authorities to get close enough to hand over some coconuts. Even what they call themselves is unknown. The Sentinelese hunt and gather in the forest and fish in the coastal waters. Unlike the neighboring Jarawa tribe, they make boats. These are very narrow, outrigger canoes described as too narrow to fit two feet in. These can only be used in shallow waters as they are steered and propelled with a pole like a punt. You're a punt. Aw. It is thought that the Sentinelese live in three small bands. They have two different types of houses. Large communal huts with several earths... um, several hearths for a number of families, and more temporary shelters with no sides, which can sometimes be seen on the beach, which with space for one uh, nuclear family. The women wear fiber strings tied around their waist, necks, and heads. The men also wear necklaces and headbands, but with a thicker waist belt. The men carry spears, bows, and arrows. Although commonly described in the media as Stone Age, this is clearly not true. There is no reason to believe the Sentinelese have been living in the same way for the tens of thousands of years they are likely to have been in the Andamans. Their ways of life will have changed and adapted many times, like all peoples. For instance, they now use metal, which has been washed up or which they have recovered from shipwrecks on the island reefs. The iron is sharpened and used to tip their arrows. From what can be seen from a distance, the Sentinelese islanders are clearly extremely healthy and thriving, in marked contrast to the great Andamanese tribes to whom the British attempted to bring, 
quote, civilization, the people who are seen on the shores of North Sentinel look proud, strong, and healthy, and at any one time, observers have noted many children and pregnant women. They attracted international attention in the wake of the 2004 Asian tsunami, when a member of the tribe was photographed on a beach firing arrows at a helicopter which was checking on their welfare. In the late 1800s, M.V. Portman, the British officer in charge of the Andamanese, landed with a large team on North Sentinel Island in the hope of contacting the Sentinelese. The party included trackers from Andamanese tribes who had already made contact with the British, officers, and convicts. They found recently abandoned villages and paths, but the Sentinelese were nowhere to be seen. After a few days, they came across an elderly couple and some children who, in the interest of science, were taken to Port Blair, the island's capital. Predictably, they soon fell ill and the adults died. The children were taken back to their island with a number of gifts. It is not known how many Sentinelese became ill as a result of this science, but it is likely that the children would have passed on their diseases would have passed on their diseases, and the results would have been devastating. It is mere conjecture, but might this experience account for the Sentinelese's continued hostility and rejection of outsiders? During the 1970s, the Indian authorities made occasional trips to the North Sentinel in an attempt to befriend the tribe. These were often at the behest of dignitaries who wanted an adventure. On one of these trips, two pigs and a doll were left on the beach. The Sentinelese speared the pigs and buried them along with the doll. Such visits became more regular in the 1980s. The teams would try to land at a place out of the reach of arrows and would leave gifts such as coconuts, bananas, and bits of iron. Sometimes the Sentinelese approached to make friendly gestures. At others, they would take the gifts into the forest and then fire arrows at the contact party. In 1991, there appeared to be a breakthrough. When the officials arrived in North Sentinel, the tribe gestured for them to bring gifts and then, for the first time, approached without their weapons. They even waded into the sea towards the boat to collect more coconuts. However, this friendly contact was not to last, although gift-dropping trips continued for some years, encounters were not always friendly. At times, the Sentinelese aimed their arrows at the contact team, and once they attacked a wooden boat with their adzes, adzes, a stone axe for cutting wood. No one knows why the Sentinelese first dropped and then resumed their hostility to the contact missions, nor if any died as a result of diseases caught during these visits. In 1996, the regular gift-dropping mission stopped. Many officials were beginning to question the wisdom of attempting to contact the people who were healthy and content and who had thrived on their own for up to 55,000 years. Friendly contact had only a devastating impact on the great Andamanese tribes. Sustained contact with the Sentinelese would almost certainly have tragic consequences. In the following years, only occasional visits were made, again with a mixed response. After the tsunami in 2004, officials made two visits to check from a distance that the tribe seemed healthy and were not suffering in any way. They then declared that no further attempts would be made to contact the Sentinelese. Their extreme isolation makes them very vulnerable to, to diseases, which they have no immunity meaning the contact would almost certainly have tragic consequences for them. Following a campaign by survival and local organizations, the Indian government abandoned plans to contact the Sentinelese, and their current position is still that no further attempts to contact the tribe will be made. Periodic checks from boats anchored at a safe distance from shore are made to ensure that the Sentinelese appear well and have not chosen to seek contact. That's the article um, that I read from Survival International. It talks about them, and I, I remember researching these guys at one point, and I think there is some sort of law or decree or something 
that prohibits people from going to the island to check on them. And I think the government only does so periodically, which makes sense. But that's that's that article. That's all I wanted to read. Oh, apparently there was a forest fire in 2014 also, but it didn't look like... Oh, yeah, that, that talks about John Allen Chow in 2018. He was trained and sent by the U.S.-based Christian Missionary Organization of All Nations. He traveled there with the aim of contacting and living among the Sentinelese. He wanted to live there, John Allen Chow, in the hope of converting them to Christianity. Um, he didn't have the permits to visit. This was in 2018. Traveled illegally to the island. He wanted to convert the tribe. He said, I think it's worthwhile to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Don't retrieve my body. When he tried to hand over fish and gifts, a boy shot a metal-headed arrow that pierced the Bible he was holding in front of his chest, after which he retreated again. On his final visit, Chow instructed the fisherman to leave without him. The fisherman later saw the islanders dragging Chow's body, and the next day they saw his body on the shore. Just leave him alone, man. Mm-hmm. Just leave him alone. They've been there for 55,000 years. They're trying to do their own thing. They're probably happy and thriving. I'm kind of jealous, actually. I kind of wish... Uh, part of me wishes I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, society's too big, man. There's too many people. Take the beer. Paige wants to go home. I'm so sleepy. I'm falling asleep. Yeah, like that one episode. No, that was two episodes. I was like twice. It was twice? Yeah. Beer was excellent. It was, uh, it surprised me. I didn't know uh, what I would think about it. I, I kept hearing, I kept reading things about like old ales and um, barley wines mm-hmm. and like comparisons to that. But this really wasn't that similar to them i feel like uh so i was expecting something much more malty Mm -hmm. something much more strong much more alcohol forward like the barley wines that we've had in the past which i don't think you were a fan of Uh, some of the barley wine ales that we had like lock lock effect no i didn't like it um bigfoot the bonus one was a barley wine but this was very surprising it was tasty very easy to drink malty sweetness with some caramel toasty spices it was tasty easy to drink delicious yeah same thing <laughs> i didn't know if you would like it when i bought it oh i liked it a lot it was good i was kind of afraid that you would hate it but no it was very tasty it's delicious our first winter warmer thanks odell our website's beer yeah, and thanks fear... adele thanks adele our beer uh our beer and fear is our website um and facebook instagram uh, twitter all the other ones and then our video episodes are on YouTube. For whatever reason, I think this one got cut short. Um, I'm looking at YouTube right now. It's fucked up. Um, and you can listen to us on all popular podcast platforms. Christmas is coming up. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're going to have a special Christmas-themed episode for you next week. Be on the lookout for that. Have a, have a happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Enjoy time with your family. And all that stuff. And Paige wants to go home, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm very sleepy.